Welcome to State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Today, our guest is Carrie Gibbs, director of the Schrode Arts Center at Cedarhurst Center for the Arts. Today, we learn about everything that Cedarhurst Center for the Arts has to offer, about their expansive grounds with their sculpture gardens, the Mitchell Museum, Schrode Arts Center, and all of the different programs that they offer to serve their community. Carrie Gibbs, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So for any viewers that don't know what Cedarhurst Center for the Arts is, give us a quick little elevator pitch of what is Cedarhurst Center for the Arts? Well, Cedarhurst is located in Mount Vernon, Illinois, and so um, we like to consider it the gem of Southern Illinois. Uh, It is a multicultural arts institution, so we have an art museum that houses uh, several galleries with amazing artwork and artifacts. We also have a performance hall where we have uh, musical performances throughout the year, but then we also have a 90-acre sculpture park. So when you pull up to Cedarhurst, we have magnificent grounds that have large-scale sculptures. And then we have the Schrode Art Center, which is our hands-on facility where we teach art classes. That's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) That's incredible as well. I mean, such an asset for Southern Illinois in development of the arts and appreciation for the arts. Um, Most people would, uh, say general population, would probably know you best for the Cedarhurst um, arts craft fair. Yes. A lot of people, when they think of Cedarhurst, they think of the craft fair. That may be the one time that they've come to the museum. And so they think, you know, that that's just a once a year event. Uh, and that's definitely not the case. And that is a once a year event, but let tell us a little bit about that event. What is the Cedarhurst arts and crafts fair? Yes. The craft fair has been, uh, one of our you know, most proud traditions we've had for over 40 years. And it's an annual art and craft fair. And so there are usually over 100 different artists who set up their booths, the 10 by 10 spaces. And the community comes uh, to not only shop the fair, but we have a children's area. There's uh, different food concessions and vendors. There's live music. There's the beer tent. And so it's just a wonderful community event uh, that goes Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it's held annually the weekend after Labor Day. So it usually falls September 9, 10, 11 that weekend. And you guys draw from all over Southern Illinois for that, both in your vendors and in the people who attend. Yes, uh, it's become family tradition for a lot of families to come every year. Uh, A lot of uh, students that I work with, you know, have childhood memories of coming to the craft fair and what fun it is. But our artists actually draw from nationally. We have artists that come all the way from Wisconsin and Florida, Missouri, uh, all over. So uh, you really get uh, exposed to all kinds of different artworks that you wouldn't normally see. That's awesome. So... That's one weekend a year. That is one large, large event, and it's a special event, but there's 51 more weeks in the year. And so you mentioned, let's start with the grounds itself. You mentioned it's over 90 acres. Yes. So the sculpture park is, uh, a lot of people use the word serenity. It's this really serene space. Uh, You know, not only is the lawns, you know, well manicured and kept, 
Uh, when you go to big cities, you will see, you know, big, large scale sculptures, uh, you know, in different city sites. Imagine having over 60 of those in one giant yard. And so the sculpture park uh, has also a little pond and there's two floating sculptures that are community favorites called the dancers. And those are actually getting put in the water today. So oh, that's awesome. There's always something going on at the museum. Uh, it's important to note that it's free. It is free to come into the grounds and walk. It is free to come into the museum and the galleries. And there's always something going on. Like I said today, if you happen to go for a walk and bring your dog in the park, you might see the installation of two floating sculptures happen. Really cool. And and you do you have to walk that or is there a driving path as well? Uh, it is a walking path. Okay. So uh, it is all handicap accessible. Uh, we have a sculpture park map you can download from our website, cedarhurst.org. And there's QR codes for the tech savvy uh, that will walk you through the park and our digital docents, which are like our sculpture storytellers. You can click on the app and click on the QR code and then it will tell you the story of the sculpture, the story of the artist who made it and, and how it came to be. That's awesome. It's fun, too. We even have a kid's scavenger hunt uh, for the sculpture park and free games like that that you can pick up at the front desk when you come to visit. So in addition to this amazing, the amazing grounds with the sculpture park that's fully interactive that you can learn from, then after that, you've got the Mitchell Museum. And what is the Mitchell Museum exactly? So the Mitchell Museum, um, we're coming up on almost 50 years that the museum uh, has been there. It, uh, the original structure is this really beautiful white marble, uh, has a very uh, kind of neoclassical style with the archways. It's kind of a, one of our trademark uh, architectural features on the property. And so within that white marble building is where we house the permanent collection of Cedarhurst, which is uh, something that we are very proud of. It is uh, a collection of late 19th, early 20th century American Impressionism works. So not only paintings, but sculpture and artifacts. And so within that museum, there are art galleries. And we have multiple galleries. There's some that are for, you know, uh, contemporary, uh, you know, currently living artists, you know, who are working around the nation, uh, as well as local. Uh, but then we also have these priceless uh, possessions that if you were to go to, say, the Chicago Art Institute, or the Boston Museum of Fine Art, or the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York, you know, any of our, you know, top elite museums, we have paintings by the same artists in our collection. So it's something, once again, that's really unique about Mount Vernon, that not a lot of people realize uh, that we house a collection that is, you know, at par with these other institutions. That's incredible. It really is. And, and, they're lovely paintings, too, just in general, whether you knew the history or the context or even cared, you know, that they were these priceless parts of history. Um, they're lovely to just come look at and enjoy as well. And and are these galleries open regularly? What? Yeah, when we're people... open. Um, we're open regularly. Monday is the only day that we're closed uh, and national holidays. But Tuesday through Saturday, we're open 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and then Sunday, we are open in the afternoon from 1 to 5. 
And then uh, this week, we kick off a program we called Thursday Night Live. Uh, several years ago, we realized a lot of people who work till five don't have an opportunity to come unless it's on a weekend. So we started staying open late until 8 p.m. on Thursday nights. So uh, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we'll be open all summer, Thursday evenings as well. And not only are the hours, you know, later, but we have live music on the back patio. There's uh, food concessions or a food truck. And then uh, there's usually some kind of art activity or something fun planned uh, each night. So once again, you can find that whole calendar for the Thursday evenings on our website. So Thursday evenings aren't just the the exhibitions themselves, but you've got additional things. You've got essentially little micro events every Thursday evening that families can come to and that people can come to and and really enjoy. Yes. Yeah. We found that um, just staying open late till eight uh, in the first couple of years, we weren't getting a lot of foot traffic. So, you know, whenever you start offering food and drink, then, you know, it becomes this, uh, you know, community event. Yeah. People come and socialize. It's definitely family, family friendly. It's pet friendly, uh, so you bring your lawn chair and uh, you know, and your kids and whatever you know. We have some sidewalk chalk out there, and uh, people come and sit in the lawn and enjoy the music, and then you know, whatever they need, we have concessions provided. So, uh, and then, like I said, we always provide an art component too. It's kind of an optional thing if you want to opt in to the gallery talk or opt in to the DIY art project booth, or you want to opt in to uh, something that we're doing that week that's unique. Then, then you can. That's awesome. And that's free too. So once again, we really work hard to try to be an accessible institution, and you know, we're there for everyone. We're open for everyone. And so, um, you know, we're grateful for our sponsors. Sponsors are the people who help make those programs possible. And then membership. You can be a member of Cedarhurst, which um, supports, you know, the fact that we can stay open and be free like that. That's incredible. And I mean, the more that the more that you speak about the things that you guys are doing, the more that I just hear service to the community over and over and over again. Without you actually saying it's a service to the community, you guys are serving the Southern Illinois community so greatly, uh, which brings us to the Schrode Arts Center, which serves the community in a completely different way. And you're the director of the Schrode Arts Center. Yes. So can you tell us in depth about what happens at the Schrode Arts Center? Um, well, the Schrode Arts Center, we used to kind of joke that it's like the back door to the museum. It's, you know, where you can come and your jeans and your T-shirt and, you know, get messy making clay projects, making paint projects. Kids come there for our art classes that we have after school as well as summer camp. Uh, And let me note that jeans and T-shirts are fine to come in at any time to the museum and things like that. But we're definitely the kind of casual, hands-on facility. Uh, But we do have a gallery in the center of the art center. And the mission of that gallery is to showcase artists that live in southern Illinois. So I host uh, at least five different exhibits a year. Uh, One is a photography competition. Uh, We do a fine art and craft, which is for all art forms. And then uh, I do two to three different spotlight exhibits where I highlight an individual artist. uh, And I've made the mission of the gallery to just be for Southern Illinois artists uh, who live kind of south of Mm I-70. And it's amazing the number of talented artists that live in our area. And Michelle Wertman is 
uh, is in the gallery currently. Is that correct? Correct. Our summer uh, exhibit is a spotlight on Michelle Wartman. She's from Creel Springs, and she is a wonderful oil painter uh, who's inspired by nature. And so most of her paintings have images of flowers and birds and hummingbirds and things like that in nature. And it's just very bright and lovely, uh, which is a perfect show for our summer slot uh, because in the month of July we will have our children's summer art camp and that's when the art center really becomes like this art school you know and uh, we have kids who you know every year they sign up uh, we kind of become a community together there and they uh, they're there from 10 to 3 uh, you know working in the morning in the clay room working in the afternoon with paper mache or painting and so we have a variety of classes um, that are very popular and um, so with that, like I mentioned, the gallery is in the center of the center. But then off of that, we have three different classrooms. The uh, first classroom, my favorite, is the clay classroom because that's my art form as well and my forte. And so we have uh, multiple kilns where we fire the pottery. And uh, once again, like you said, a service to the community. Um, most public schools are not able to afford a pottery studio because the nature of the equipment that's involved for that and the just the sheer space that it takes up. And so we're very lucky to have that ceramic studio, that classroom. Um, so a lot of students in Southern Illinois get their first hands-on clay experience there. Uh, then we also have the glass classroom, which is stained glass, glass fusing, um, and then multiple painting classes are taught in there as well, like watercolor, acrylic, um, and fiber arts uh, is our third classroom. Uh, so we have a lot of basket weaving, there's floor looms, and uh, just a variety of different fiber arts that happen in that room. So with the number of classes that we have going on, the cl classrooms are fluid in what's happening within them that day. Um, but uh, the art center really is uh, like an art community center. We also have multiple clubs that meet there throughout the week. So we have the Basketeers <laughs> who come together on Thursday nights. They're a lovely group of ladies. They sound wild. They are, yeah. The, the room will erupt in laughter, you know, and you know something good just happened. <laughs> um, and then there's our Cedarhurst quilters uh, who have an annual exhibit where we highlight their quilts. Uh, so if you're a quilt enthusiast, uh, you definitely want to stop by in the fall when the quilts are hanging. And then we have our um, fiber group that meets on Thursdays. And our clay club is an organic thing. So, so yes, between the classes that we have for children as well as adult workshops and then our clubs, the art center is this, you know, really vibrant hub of uh, people coming and going and, and learning together. That's incredible. And... Uh, you, you mentioned Michelle Wortman's work. Uh, Luke O'Neill with Union Street Arts did a podcast with Michelle just a couple of weeks ago, and they talked about her work. and And I took a lot. I took a look at a lot of it online. I need to get up and and see it in person. Person. Uh, there's a lot of those nature components, but kind of with a little bit of a modern take on them, with a little bit of geometric reaction within the pieces, and it's just really beautiful. Yes, and that's something true about. Um you know, all artwork, it's definitely better in person, mm -hmm. you know, just like uh, you can't, uh, you know, take away that in-person feeling of a live performance too. There's just so much more of an intimate, you know, experience there, but the colors are more vivid. Um, you know, we forget that in our digital society, when we view things on our phone, 
or we view things on our computer screen, it creates this space that everything exists within that same square. You know, Mm -hmm. you're either six inch square or you're 16 inch square. And so many paintings are much larger than that. Sometimes they're smaller than that. And, you know, getting to have that physical experience of walking up to the work and really seeing the details of the brush strokes and uh, the colors uh, is is something that, you know, it's worth worth the trip. I definitely would say if you live in southern Illinois uh, and you live an hour away, you know, you could come and spend the better part of an afternoon and be totally satisfied and happy you made the trip. Um, so... And you, you also mentioned summer camps. And so your summer camp starts soon. And what are some of the summer camp offerings this year? Uh, so July, as I mentioned, is our, uh, our main summer camp time. We usually uh, theme it. So each week is a different theme. So our first week is all about animals, amazing animals. So there'll be clay animal classes. There's a animals that fly class where you'll learn all about wings, different kinds of wings and how to make your own wings. Uh, then the second week is called Art Around the World. So we're taking an international trip in our imaginations uh, to go to different countries and learn uh, some of the art forms that have originated in different cultures. And then we have our Wizard Week, and uh, Harry Pottery is already sold out. <laughs> How to Draw Your Dragon might have a couple seats left if you get online and check it out. But, um, you know, our, uh, our kids' camp is fun and whimsical and uh All the classes are designed for kids, you know, having never done that media before. We walk you through step by step. And I should note our adult classes and workshops, too. You know, they really are kind of entry level. If you've always wanted to try to work in clay but never have, you know, these are the classes that are great to work with. And for artists who are more advanced, um, usually our teachers will then work with them where they're at and then kind of independently guide them. Um, And then our last week is teen clay camp. And so this is for 13 to 18 year olds and they'll get a chance to learn how to throw on the potter's wheel. And, um, you know, we do service all age groups. We go as young as 18 months old. So we have another class called ABCs in art, which meets Wednesday mornings and Thursday mornings in the summer. And it's for uh, one and a half to three year olds and the guardian, you know, attends with the child and it is one of the highlights of my day. I teach that class with my coworker, Jennifer Sarver, who's our director of education. And uh, we sing songs, we do poems, we do an art project. You know, with that age group, I joke that we do, you know, at least 45 things in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> keep that attention span keep it rolling. Going. Yeah, yeah, keep it going. <laughs> so, um, you know, and with families, I should note as well, uh, I'd mentioned if you, you know, are looking for things to do this summer uh, to get out of the house with your family, one of our biggest attractions at Cedarhurst is our Family Education Center. So this is in the Mitchell Museum, uh, and we expanded the museum in 2008. So I mentioned the original marble building. Well, when you go um, through the museum, there's a straight glass hallway shot into the expansion where we have our performance hall. Uh, which can seat over 350 people. And then we have the Family Education Center, which is this, you know, awesome playroom where you can learn about art through play. 
Uh, if you've ever, you know, taken your family to the science center or, uh, you know, a, a children's museum, it's very much like a children's museum in one giant room. So there's indoor trees, there's puzzles, there's the light bright wall, the giant light bright, there's the weaving wall, um, all kinds of different uh, games that you can interact with. And uh, we find the adults in there playing just as much as the kids. And there's also a children's gallery in the back. So, you know, within our galleries, we even try to, you know, focus on all age groups. So, And you have an additional outreach program, the Sunflower Project as well. Tell us a little bit about the Sunflower Project. So this is a, a new program uh, that we uh, are partnering with, Ren Lake College, as well as the uh, University of Illinois Extension and then the city of Mount Vernon. So these four partners have come together and um, started planning this last fall and in efforts of uh, one, uh, beautifying the space. Uh, so planting, we're, we are literally going to plant two fields of sunflowers at Veterans Memorial Park, which is our main uh, city park uh, uh, that gets a lot of traffic. And so, um, with the you know science department at Ren Lake and the U of I team, uh, they've come up with the different seed varieties that we're going to plant, uh, hoping to clean and regenerate the soil, attract pollinators. But then we've planned three community events, and that's kind of where Cedarhurst comes in. Uh, we are going to help you know with the art of the sunflower while they're helping with the science of the sunflower. Um, we will be set up uh, at the park three different times this summer. Uh, the first is our kickoff planting day celebration, which is coming up June 11th. And then our bloom celebration, all of the sunflowers should hopefully be in bloom by uh, July 30th. Um, these events are considered outreach because we're trying to get, you know, out from behind the wall of the museum and put our face into the community, uh, meet new audiences. Um, that's part of me coming today. I really appreciate the opportunity to get to speak on the podcast uh, because so many people, even in our hometown, don't realize we exist, and uh, which kind of blows my mind. But I guess if you just never drive past that part of town, you might not know. And if they do know, um, they may not realize that, you know, this is a place for everybody to get to come. Well, and I've known about Cedarhurst for a very long time, but I had no idea the expanse of everything you do and the expanse of your facilities and your offerings to the community and the service that you guys offer to the community. And I, I'm astonished just, just in our discussion today, learning about everything. Yeah, there really is a lot that goes on. Um, you know, we're proud of our staff. Uh, we have a staff of about 17 people who pull off, you know, literally hundreds of programs, you know, and classes, you know, throughout the year. And um, everybody's really passionate about what they do. And so that's why when we were approached uh, to partner on the Sunflower Project, you know, it fit right within our mission. You know, we're trying to get out into the community, invite them literally, you know, and uh, uh, hope that they'll discover Cedarhurst, just like our other partners are hoping they'll discover Wren Lake and that there's opportunities for everyone there to, to study. Well, it sounds like a it sounds like a perfect outreach. You know, th there's such a a societal mindset that a museum is this stuffy thing. Yes. Where it's not. It's this vibrant living organization that that offers interactive things that are engaging for all ages to the community and you're doing live music and you're doing vendors and you're doing 
you're doing so many things to bring the world of art to life for you, for the overall Southern Illinois community. And, and, you know, I, I think it's wonderful that we get the word out throughout all of Southern Illinois about exactly what you guys offer. And that's why I, I think what you've started here is, is great, you know, because just in meeting you too, you know, it just starts with a conversation, you know, you've got to connect, uh, take that time to discover, you know, what is there. And, um, and these outreach projects are one way, you know, hopefully that we continue to meet new audiences and you're exactly right. Um, museums, you know, Cedarhurst is not unique to the problem of being perceived as this stuffy elite, you know. There's a lot more than just marble walls there. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, the, literally the marble ivory tower is only for a certain number of people. And so doing all these classes, doing all of these programs, you know, that keep us, you know, busy is our way of trying to break down that stigma, you know, slowly break it down. That Like, no, this is fun. Yeah, this and making the arts you. approachable is it's so it's such a great service to the arts world as a whole, not just to your organization. Yeah, one of the things I like to uh, share with people when they come, you know, view the art for the first time is like, you should be empowered as the viewer to not like it. It's okay if you come in and say you look at the paintings, you're like, eh, you know, this show isn't really for me, yeah. or like, eh, you know, this isn't really my cup of tea. But we offer so much. I would guarantee you that throughout your walk of the park or walk of the museum, there's going to be something that you're going to be like, now that is cool. Like yeah. that is really neat. And I'm glad I came. And speaking of breaking down those, the walls of presumption and, and of, uh, of the assumption of what the art world is, you've got an incredible event coming up in July that does exactly that. Yes, this is our, we say it's our eyebrow raising event. You know, what are they doing? So we're doing uh, the art of tattooing. And uh, this is an event that grew out of uh, my relationship of working with Michelle Wartman, the oil painter. She is a very talented and successful tattoo artist. And, uh, you know, it is difficult for an artist to make a living just as an artist. And so, uh, her and her husband, Guy Aitchison, have been able to create a really wonderful life as tattoo artists. They own their own uh, home and private studio, uh, and they have clients fly in internationally uh, to work with them to, to be tattooed. And so through working with her, I gained such an appreciation of tattooing as an art form. Like you said, I mean, there's the stigma of like, oh, that's, that's bad or something, or that's, uh, you know, not for me, or uh, there's but, just kind of these I mean, negative connotations with it from and tattooing isn't just, you know, a heart with mom through it or an anchor <laughs> on somebody's shoulder anymore. I mean, there's a there's a true artistry to that craft. And that's what this event is going to be. Guy Aitchison, um, he is very well known in the tattoo industry and very successful. I could go on and on with his accolades, but um, he's going to present about a one hour presentation to discuss how tattooing has evolved from the way it used to be like in the 60s and 70s to the 80s. And then when you get into the 2000s and now into 2020, it has evolved into this incredible art form, uh, tattoo industry, technology has transformed that as well as, you know, everything in our life. So um, it's July 
July 9th. There is a fee for this event. Um, it's $10 per person to attend. Uh, if you're a member of Cedarhurst, it's $5. Uh, but uh, we'll start with a cocktail hour, which it will be from 6 to 7, and we'll begin up at the Schrode Art Center. So it'll be kind of a fun like mix and mingle night where you'll start at the Art Center to get to see Michelle's oil paintings, and then we'll hop down to the museum in the performance hall where we'll have... Um, There'll be a cash bar and there'll be food concessions so you can make a whole evening of it. Um, and then hear Guy's presentation, which I'm really excited to hear. Uh, I've been telling people, too, that you don't have to like tattooing, you know, to like this event. And the point of the event is not to encourage people to want to go out and get a tattoo. It is more just to uh, create a new appreciation of this art form, you know, and to put it in a different context that maybe you hadn't seen before. And to give it the acknowledgement from an arts organization as a formal acknowledgement of it as an art form is really a beautiful thing as well. Yeah, and I think that that's where Cedarhurst, we are very trend setting. You know, I don't know of any other institutions that have done something like that in our region. Um, in Chicago at the Field Museum, they did an event, uh, or they did an art exhibit uh, about tattooing a few years ago. And Guy was one of those featured artists at the Field Museum. And so he had a piece in the show and a statement. And so, um, so it's nice to echo that once again with one of our peers, you know, and to be performing at that level. And again, Guy Aitchison and Michelle Wordman are both here in Southern Illinois, and they're, they're actually just outside of Marion and Creole Springs. Uh, and so that's such a great representation of the rich art community in Southern Illinois through such a cool, different lens. Yes. And once again, we hope to attract new audiences. You know, we're hoping that, uh, you know, maybe you're really into tattoo culture and you probably know way more about it than I do. I've been learning, you know, as I go. But, um, you know, we hope people will come and, uh, you know, show some skin. <laughs> You know, we want to uh, appreciate uh, the art that they have collected on their body. And that's something that Guy and Michelle have taught me is that their clients that they work with, they view more as their art collectors. They collect their art, you know, but it's wearable. So Yeah, and it's it's so much more personal in that way than, than a piece hanging on a wall when you're literally displaying it on your body. And the way that they approach tattooing is, um, I would say, something, too, that's, you know, there's a very... There's almost like an emotional bond that's formed between uh, the client and them because uh, when someone approaches them for a piece, there's usually some significance to why they're wanting to get it. And not to judge anybody that on spring break went and got a palm tree tattooed on their ankle. Like, you know, like not judging, you know, but like that impulse kind of tattooing is very different than the style that they do. There is, you know, multiple drawings done, there's design work done, and everything that is in the tattoo has some kind of symbolic reference usually to either that person, you know, and, you know, to what it means to them. Uh, you know, as they go through their life transitions and some, you know, so that just uh, is another thing I think that will be kind of touched on that evening is how, um, you know, each piece is completely unique and it's almost co-created together between the person who's getting the art and then the artist. I, I can't wait for for that event just to, to hear the artistic process involved from someone who is such a master of his craft and so well-respected. 
Um, I'm, I'm really impressed by that offering alone, let alone everything else that we've talked about. And we try to keep things affordable, you know. I mean, $10, that's... I know. But still, I know some audiences, maybe that would be difficult. Um, we offer scholarships to all of our classes. Um, and, you know, with things like this with events, uh, you could you could totally email me and let me know if that price was ever a barrier. And then we would find a way for you to be able to come. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and again a great service to the community. Yeah. Making things accessible. I mean, a, a $10 price to egg is, I mean, that's, that's a burger for McDonald's. Exactly. And like, with the price of gas, but we know what the price of gas, you know, you may be having to drive. So we do, we try to keep things accessible. Um, but then, you know, mindful too. That's yeah. incredible. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've learned, I've learned so much and I hope everyone listening and watching has learned so much as well. Um, We'll have to do this again and kind of drill down on some of these things and drill down on some of the events and and figure out exactly, you know, how we can present more of more of what you guys are doing to all of Southern Illinois. Yeah, it, it is a lot to unpack. So I once again appreciate the opportunity to just come and uh, speak on it. And uh, if if you want to know more, please go to our website, cedarhurst.org. And uh, if you're listening, Cedarhurst is spelled like the tree, C-E-D-A-R-H-U-R-S-T dot O-R-G. Uh, we also have social media presence. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So if you want to check us out. And we'll put those some vehicles. of those links in the description as well. Okay, great. great. And so you'll be able to find it, whether you're listening on podcast platform or online uh, on YouTube or Facebook you'll be able to find those links within the description. Yeah, and if you ever have any questions, you know, you're always welcome to, to call uh, the Art Center or shoot me an email and I'd be happy to talk with you more or tell you more, so. Wonderful. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today and we look forward to speaking again. All right, thank you, Josh. Thank you for joining us for State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Special thanks to A.J. Rice, our associate producer. Also, thank you to Jeremy Todd for today's soundtrack. And now, listen to Long Bright Dark by Jeremy Todd.
Steps back 